Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 will be one of our focus today. Ephesians chapter 3. As we go to prayer, uh, in preparation for the message, I'd like you to just think back through those three verses we just sang uh, in that third hymn. Glorify thy name in all the earth. Father, we adore you. Jesus, we adore you. Spirit, we adore you. Glorify thy name in all the earth. And of course, the phrase I seem to be using so very, very frequently is, do we really mean the words that we sing, the words that we say? And that's really the focus of our messages as we've gone through these messages on prayer. Uh, and we're going to uh, do that again today. We're looking at uh, Paul's prayer, Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, we'll start that in just a moment. But let us now pray uh, for the prayer message. How does that sound? Got that all clear now? Here we go. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving Father, we thank you and we praise you for this opportunity of being here once again uh, today to worship you, to corporately worship you, to raise up our hearts and minds and voices and even hands uh, in worship of you. We ask now that our minds are prepared to receive the message that you have for us today, uh, even as we go forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul's prayers. Paul. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about Jesus' prayer. We've talked about the disciples' prayer. We've talked about our praying. We've talked about how we might be involved in that praying and how, why it's important. And I don't want to to repeat all of that, we can't do that all in one message anyway, but that's what it's about. Prayer is easily the most important thing that you and I can do in our Christian life. Absolutely, positively, without doubt, prayer is the most important thing that you can do, that I can do, that we can do uh, in our Christian life. Because it's through prayer, it's through open communication with God that we do all things. Even as we reach out and do, quote, the good works, we go out and, and be with others and share, the, share with them the love of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that he has so freely shared with us. We do that paved with prayer. Prayer is the lamp unto your feet. Prayer is what provides you the opportunity of having that guidance that the Lord uh, so freely gives as we step forward, step by step each day. Not only in the spiritual life uh, as we share with others, but in our physical life as well. Prayer. Prayer is the most important thing that we can do. And the thing is, is we have open access. And we said it last week. We'll say it again. 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day. The coffee cup that I had uh, that I showed you a few weeks ago that talked about all of the different uh, places you can go when you 
when you have this kind of a problem or this kind of a concern or, or whatever. And then at the bottom it says 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no pauses, no problems, don't have to make an appointment, go for it. Go for it. The appointments that you make are really appointments for you uh, so that you can avail yourself of that opportunity to counsel with the King of Kings, with the Lord of Lords. Prayer. Prayer. Ephesians chapter 3. Let me read the scripture and then we'll go from there. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how widened and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness, fullness, pardon me, fullness of God. Ephesians three fourteen through nineteen. What a prayer! What a prayer! I kneel before the Father. Do you kneel before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven, on earth, derives its name? The whole family on earth derives its name. I kneel before the Father. I pray, we pray, that out of his glorious riches, he may, and we will say, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Did you hear the words? That's your position in God. That's your position in glorify thy name. That's your position in the Father. That's your position as a Christian, as a member of the family of God. And the prayer goes on, being rooted and established in love, you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now think about that for just a moment. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. There's a phrase for you. And that is the motivation that we should have as we reach out into the community we'll call Coachella because that's where we are. That's our uh, Jerusalem. Pardon me? The, the, the valley. Yeah. The valley. And don't we need that? Don't we need that today? As we look around and Shirley mentioned uh, some of those very heavy prayers that we should be involved in in regards to the the terror, the the discord that's going on in our world today. Uh, we mentioned three cities and we didn't mention the latest ones. So, I mean, we've had another week of of stabbings and and of course Chicago is still Chicago and and so you should be praying for Illinois every day. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's things that are going on. There's things that are going on today. 
that can be cured. It can be cured. And it can be cured through what? Through the power of his spirit. Through the <clears throat> wide, long, high, deep love of Christ. High, wide, long, and so on. Love, love, L-O-V-E, love, agape. And the word there in the, in the Greek is agape, by the way. That's the love we're talking about. That's the highest love. That's the love that God shows to us. God so agaped the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so agaped the world. God so agapes you, loves you above all else, that he's willing to do what? That he was willing to send his son. To do what? To do that which is the most valuable thing you have on this physical earth, and that's your life. And he gave his life for you as a demonstration of the agape that he holds for you. We've taken the word love, and love can mean so many different things, depending on how, how we use it, the context in which we use it, maybe even the tonal inflection with which we use the word changes the meaning of the word. We're not talking about changing anything. We're talking about the highest, highest, highest degree of love, and it's agape demonstrated by the power of the Lord as he gave his son for you and gave his son for me. And what we can do together with the saints is to know this love-surpassing knowledge that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness, fullness of God. Ephesians, that's the prayer that Paul gives. And that prayer is merely an extension of what God would have for all of us. James could have prayed this prayer. Peter could have prayed this prayer. You could pray this prayer. Ephesians chapter 3. I think that this prayer is a prayer that we should pray. Each of us, individual. This should be an individual prayer. Because it brings us back to the very basis, the very foundation uh, by which we live in the Christian life. And I want to live step by step, moment by moment, breath by breath, in the Christian life. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? We want to be guided every single moment in the power of the power of powers, in the Lord of lords, of the King of kings, etc., etc. Isn't that what we desire as we are fellowshipping with him, as we, as we have come to know him? And as we think in terms of, uh, of the physical side of love, we are considered the bride of Christ. And so the marriage in its perfectness on earth is thought of. And, and when you use something physical that's not perfect to explain something spiritual that is perfect, you have to look at the perfection that we might seek in the physical. 
And marriage is certainly one of those. Marriage has its up and downs. We've got a divorce rate that's, you know, that's off the wall, et cetera, et cetera. And we can throw rocks at marriage all day long. But in its perfection, what God has intended in that marriage is perfect, a perfect harmony. And as we do for one another, here we're talking physical now, husband and wife, as we do for one another, not because we have to, not because we're forced to, uh, not because we're obeying an order, but be- just out of the pure love that we have for that individual. That's the pureness that we're talking about. And God has called us to that pureness because he has asked us, as I have loved you, so you so ought to what? Love the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. For Martin so loved the world that he was willing to reach out and to touch others with the love that God has so freely given to him. Stick your name in there. Isn't that what it says? Isn't that what it's about? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What are the great commandments? To love God with all your heart and soul, and like unto the first is the second, love man as you love yourself. Love others as you love yourself. Be willing to give to others. Now, what's the greatest gift that you could possibly give to any single person? The love of God. The love of God. Oftentimes, we talk in terms of giving that love. It's like the cure for cancer. It's like the cure for whatever. It's the magic pill, if I can put it that way. And it is. It's the magic pill. If I give that to you and you're willing to accept it and to take it, then all of your earthly concerns are taken care of. Because then we know we're going to be spending eternity with him. That's what it's about. Romans chapter chapter 16 talks about that as well. Because in Romans chapter 16, it talks about it's our reasonable service to what? To have our minds transformed. Our minds should be transformed into the image of that God that we're talking about. And now we're not talking physical. We're not because none of us know exactly what what Jesus looked like in his physical form. Oh, I've got a picture of him on my wall that if you've been to my house you've seen it. It's the common uh probably the most common rendition uh that you might see. <clears throat> Who know? Polaroid hadn't been invented yet. Come on. Transformation of your mind. The mind is a very important thing. I am the image of Christ. You are the image of Christ. If you live your life according to that which he would have you live. Romans chapter 16, transformation of life. Reasonable service. What's reasonable service? To give your life. Jesus thought it reasonable to do what he did for 33 years, culminating with that afternoon on the cross. That afternoon at Calvary. Themes of our prayers. We might 
Think in terms of enlightenment. That you may know the hope to which He has called you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. That you may know the hope to which He has called you. That you then can transfer to others. Perseverance. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Day of Jesus Christ being the day that you translate uh, to be with Him. He who began a good work in you, who is He but God, will carry it on to completion. To completion. Pardon me, Colossians chapter 1 uh, talks about God's will, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Jump on that. Asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, how do you attain all spiritual wisdom and understanding? Well, open communication with God, most certainly. And where does that begin? It begins with prayer. As I read my Bible, God, I'm praying now to God. I pray that you will show me exactly what it is you want me to know today in this passage. Now, right now we're doing a study in the book of Ruth. That's what we're doing in Bible study. And over and over again, we're talking about beyond the storyline, beyond once upon a time, there was a poor widow named Ruth and she, et cetera, et cetera. And you probably all know the story of Ruth, but it's more than that. We see a person that was absolutely ostracized outside the family of God that was willing to sacrifice herself in such a way that your God shall be my God in spite of what anybody says. That's my paraphrase. In spite of what anybody says, in spite of how wicked I might have been or am, God loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life. And that life begins now. It's not beginning when I get there. It begins now. He has a plan for me. And I know what the plan is. I know what the plan is for you. And when I pray for you every day, I pray for that plan to become so very real in your mind and heart that you have this inner compulsion to go out and fulfill it. Now, those of you that have worked in the profession, and just about all of us here have, I think, uh, as I go around and look at where we've been, some of us are now retired, and we think that that's, that's all there is. And Shirley and I are retired. We both draw a uh, uh, pension. Uh, what do they call it? They call it something else. I don't like the word pension. Uh, whatever it is, we we get money we get money from the state every year because we taught for twenty years. Okay, whatever that whatever that's called, that's what that's what we got. Okay, and and you think, well, rocking chair, what are you? You're retired. You don't do anything. Shirley and I have never been so busy. Seriously, I mean, we watch the we have the girls, uh, the two of the. 
the granddaughters very nearly every day or five days a week. And so part of my day is taken up with picking them up and getting them here and getting them there. And and when people say, well, what? you're retired. Why don't you come and spend a day or two with us? Do you know how much work it is for Shirley and I to go spend a day or two with you or whomever? Do you know the work that we had to do to get away to Oceanside for three weeks? We we didn't even get away for three weeks because there was two days in those three, two days, four days, six days in those three weeks that we were here with you or getting ready to be with you. You're not retired. God is a place for you. God has, as long as you're here breathing, as long as you're here breathing, God has a place for you. God has a purpose for you. God's will. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. How do I get that spiritual wisdom and understanding? It starts with prayer and then it goes on to studying him, to understanding him. That's why I read the book of Ruth. That's why I teach the book of Ruth. That's why I read the book of Genesis. That's why, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I read all 66 books. All 66 books are important to you. All of them. And you read a story about this and that. So how does that apply to me? Think about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Why is this? Why did you stick this in this love letter to me? Why do I have to read this? What is important to this? How does that change my life? How does it make me a stronger, better, more focused Christian than before I read it? Ask that question of yourself. As you read, as you study, as you meditate, as you pray. First Thessalonians chapter 12, pardon me, chapter 1, uh, talks about Thanksgiving. We continually remember before God our Father the work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, endurance inspired by, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. There's absolutely nothing that I have done or will do in this earthly life is even going to begin to compare what Jesus did for me. And I can say that for you too. Nothing. And so that song we say, glorify the Father, glorify the Son, glorify the Spirit. God in one. Colossians chapter 1 says, Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Now that's Paul praying once again uh, for the Colossians. Since the day we heard about you, since the day that I met you, and now I'm pointing at you guys right there, and I can name every one of you. Since the day that I heard about you, I have not stopped praying for you and what? And asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. That's my prayer for you today. Oh, I might be praying for what's going on in your life physically, but you better believe that I'm praying for you in a spiritual way as well, that you are able or willing to do the very will of God that's set before you. That's what Paul is talking about. 
And that's certainly what I'm talking about. When I say I pray for you, I pray for you in all things. Do I know all things? No. But I know some things, and I do pray for those things, and I do know <clears throat> what God's will for your life is. James said we should pray. Chapter 5. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now we had somebody that came to our house the other day. I don't know that any of you have ever met this couple, uh, close friends of ours. Uh, they've got some health problems, both of them. And they came for one purpose. They came that we would pray together for them, for their physical well-being, for their ability to do the things that they do. And this one person, uh, the lady that I'm, that I'm thinking of, she is, she is a grief counselor like you wouldn't know. She's had her knocks and, and if you want a horror story about your granddaughter, or your grandson or son or lost a son or all of it, she's, she's experienced all of it. Which has made her super aware of the pain that you might be feeling about whatever. And she uses that. We had a pastor uh, in a former church uh, years ago. First son died. And that tragic loss in losing that son gave him an empathy about children that just overflowed in his life. In spite of the tragedy, he's used the tragedy. Tragedy has been used in order that he might magnify the love that he has uh, for his people and his counseling uh, when someone is going through uh, something like that. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Why will he be forgiven? Because if he is willing to come to me, not me, the pastor, but me, the physical person, Martin Hubbler, if he is willing to come to me and say, man, have I blown it and it's none of your business, how? But I've you know, I agree that I have sinned, that I am a sinner, and I need to fix it. Hey, we're on the right track, aren't we? We are on the right track. I don't need to know any of the gory details. You don't have to write an X-rated movie about it. We don't have to do any of that stuff. Prayer. If he sinned, he will be forgiven. Why? Because he has reached out and asked for that forgiveness. And that's that idea of confession. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is power, powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. Verse 17 says, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. You know the story. 
prayer. Be united in prayer. Call the elders of the church to pray. Now we're united in prayer. Look at the mission statement in the bulletin. Do you pray for that mission statement every day? When you go to prayer, is that part of your prayer that that mission statement might be fulfilled in your life? I hope that you do. Be united in prayer. We're all praying for that same thing, that we're able to reach out and change the world one person at a time as we share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ through prayer. Pray for others. Pray for each other. What a joy it is. What a joyful time that I am able to have. Now I'm speaking about Martin Hubbard, the I. I have as I pray for you. Because as I'm praying for you, I remember the good things too. I remember the fellowship that we have. I remember the love that you are showing in the fellowship of the congregation. Because my mind is on you. I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about you. And what a joy that is. That's what gift giving is about, by the way. Christmas time, birthday time, anniversary time, all, all of those times when we wrap it up and put a thing on it and send it because I love you and I'm thinking of you. I'm giving you this gift and I hope you can use it. Pray for each other. Be definite as you pray. Be definite as you pray. There's definiteness in the Christian life. Look at John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that you might have life. My paraphrase of that wonderful verse. But there it is. And then if you need more explanation, verse 17 says, he's not here to judge the world. He's here to, he's here to do what? To save you. That's definite. That's definite. Definite as you pray. I know what I'm praying for. I know what this is all about. And I'm praying for you in a very definite way. Because I know the loving God wants that for you. God loves you so much that he gave his son. Bible prayers. Bible prayers. And I got one more thing to do. And I can't believe the time today. The Lord is speaking to me through the clock. And surely he hasn't even given me a signal yet today. Or at least I haven't seen one. I guess I should look. Did you give me a signal? No, she hasn't. Good. Okay. Now, the thing we have the most trouble with, I think, in praying is our lack of patience. Now, I'm not ever asking you to pray for patience. Because you all know what happens when you pray for patience. Uh, you get situations through which you can exercise 
that wonderful virtue, and, and that's patience. And the Bible study group, I push the button, and I have I have the faith that my technological skill is at a level that pushing that button will give me the desired result. Well, it's slow. The signal from my little hand device to the uh, to the apparatus it takes a while to get there, and so I've pushed the button. And nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And as a speaker, you know, you just you never want any dead time. You, you always got to have something going on. You know, you just can't have silence is not a good thing. And so I'm standing there. I've pushed the button and I want the program to start. And the program hasn't started yet. And so I push the button again. And again. And again. And I shake the device. And it, patience. And my folks in Bible study have watched me do it and chuckle. I get laughed at because of my technological patience or lack thereof. But I know that pushing that button is something that's supposed to work if the batteries are still alive. And it does. You just have to wait for it to get there. I know what God wants for you. I know that God wants to save you. And so therefore, I need to demonstrate the spiritual patience to continue to pray for your salvation. Now, I'm really not talking about anybody in the room now. I'm talking about everybody outside the door in order that you might begin to see the light eventually and that you might come to know him as I do. That's my job. That's what I'm to do. Pray anyway. If anyone will tell you the shortest way to all happiness uh, and perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank and praise God for everything that happens to you. Now think about this for a minute. Uh, and we've all done this. Well, gee, if I'd have done this back then, instead of doing this, I did this. Well, I've done that. I've, I've thought that way. But every time that I do that, every time that, that here I am over here, and this is where I am, I have this wonderful wife that we're, I'm not going to tell you how long we've been married. Uh, I've done that already. Uh, and my wonderful children, okay, well, had I done this over here, How would I have met her? I mean, I'd have gone this way. I'd have never made it to Oceanside. And she wouldn't have got the the dream of her life marrying a Marine. I mean, come on. No, no, I'm I'm being flippant, but but you got the idea. If if you take a path and you say, Well, gee, I wish I'd have taken the other path, well that changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. I wouldn't have met her. Uh, you wouldn't have had him playing a piano for you today. My love for her created him. Created those wonderful granddaughters by extension, etc., etc. So wishing 
that yesterday was different is really a waste of time, isn't it? Today can be different. Tomorrow can be different. Why? Because I'm more focused and ready to follow what God would have me to do today. I can do something about today. I can do something about this afternoon. I can do something about tomorrow. I can do something about, what's the day after tomorrow? Tuesday. And so on. I can do that. I can do that. And I've got help to do it. The Lord Jesus Christ is there every single moment of every single day just waiting to help me take that next step. And that's true for you too. That isn't just Martin Hubbard speaking. That's all of you. That's it. That's that's the life. That's That's what it is. And so as we pray, no answer today. Well, push the button. Maybe the battery is not quite connected yet. And what's the battery, by the way? It's my relationship to him, isn't it? Do I need to clean something up, perhaps? The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Good old Moses. Check that out. Let's do it again. The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, there's a, I think there's a song. Great, yeah. Uh, George Beverly Shea. Yes? No? You, I'm doing Billy Graham stuff. Lamentations chapter 3. But great is your faithfulness. Go back to it. The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to Him. Think about that. Think of the truth of that. Think of the wonderful truth of that. So as we pray, as we pray for ourselves, we pray that that uh, any of the temptations that happen to be facing us right now can be removed, that we can walk the path today and tomorrow that we should walk and not worry about what we didn't do yesterday. Yesterday can't change. You can't. There's not a thing you can do about yesterday. But you can do everything about today. And that everything should and will, or just should, should include a closeness to God. The Lord our God is near, is closeness, near, near, right next to us, right in the next chair, sitting right next to us in the pew, right there when we pray to him. When we pray to him and read his word at the same time. Wow, that's dynamite. That is absolute dynamite. That's as close as it gets. 
And then to be used of Him. To be used of Him. And I am used of Him. You are used of Him. I think a prayer or something you might dwell upon for the next couple of days is how you have been used of Him. You don't have a stand-up ministry like I do, like I stand up here every week and I do whatever preparations there are for putting the church together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I can, the list goes on and on and there it is. And you don't have that kind of a list. But you should. Because whatever it is that you do, your ministry, you're reaching out for the Lord Jesus Christ, you're reaching out in His love is just as important as what I might do from here. Because all I'm supposed to do from here is equip you to do what you're supposed to do. That's my job. That's the pastor's job. That's the job of the church. The job of the church is to equip the saints. It's a cute little phrase. But that, what does that mean? Get you ready to get out there and do what God would have you to do. And right now, I pray that these series of messages that the Lord has laid on my heart about prayer has emphasized in your mind and your heart to spend more time in prayer. To spend time with Him. To be more intimate with Him. Who's Him? Well, God, of course. God loves you and wants that relationship with you. Yearns for that relationship with you. Do you yearn for that relationship with Him? Do you yearn for that relationship with Him? The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to Him. Let's pray. Gracious, loving Father, we thank You and praise You this day, every day, that you'll strengthen us, that you'll equip us, prepare us to do the task that you set before us. And we give thanks and praise for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. And along those lines... Make me a blessing. 569.